Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy. Available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard. Will get the ball to McClendon. He leaps. Oh, he doesn't get in. He fumbled the football. Carolina holds. The game is over. And Carolina has won the game. Finley to throw. Over the middle. Intercepted. Wolfuck again. Wolfuck the other way. At the 30. The 40. Wolfuck to midfield. Miles Wolfuck with the pick. The heels on the doorstep of an enormous victory. Left side of the line. Hood standing to Williams' is right. Williams going to throw. One-on-one. Davis has it. Touchdown. Carolina wins. Carolina is the Coastal Division champion. Bernard fields it at the 26. Heading to the far side. Gio at the 35. Gio, he's at the 50. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Gio, he's gonna take it for a touchdown. Are you kidding me? Connor Barth for the possible win. Snap. Spot. Kick away. High enough. Long enough. Hey guys, and welcome in to another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It's Anthony Pagnotta back with you guys, as always, in our quarantine interview series continues. This time, we have one of the guys that was a huge member of the 2015 team that went 11-3, a part of Gene Shizik's great defense. It is Shaquille Rashad who is with us in Shaq. Uh, first of all, man, um, you know, just uh, how are you guys doing down there, taking care of yourselves during what's uh, just an unprecedented time uh, in the history of uh, not not only the United States, but in the history of planet Earth at this point. Yeah, yeah, and um, I mean, you hit it on the head. It's unprecedented, man. But uh, we're, you know, we're making do. I'm doing just fine, right? Listening to what they say on TV, sitting inside, uh, watching all the Harry Potter movies, all in one tree hill, uh, working from home, just kind of trying to make do, get by, right? It's it's different, but it's what we got to do now. So just doing doing that, I guess, the same as everyone else. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, I've I've, I've kind of been doing the same thing you've been doing hanging out inside uh, catching up on some of the uh, TV series that I missed I'm going through Game of Thrones right now so I'm all locked in on that uh, you know it's it's been fantastic but uh, I'm so glad that you're able to stop by with us and, and chat and uh, uh, you know it's it's definitely an honor to have been having so many former guys on so thanks for taking some time and, and hanging out with us so um, I wanted to start out by asking you uh, about your nickname we did this with uh, with 
uh, Jeremiah Clark because he's got the one nickname, Fat Mellow, that everybody's called him. Uh, and and now, I mean, we've w- with you, I feel like we've kind of gotten to the point where everybody just kind of calls you Shaq. But you had a ton of nicknames when you were on campus and online on the official Go Heels website. They listed them, including Shaqtus, Shaq in a Box, Shaq Tastic. Uh, Shackopotamus, Radio Shack, Shacky Robinson, and Saint Shatrick. Uh, what is your favorite nickname out of the ones that you got? I think we should know by looking at your Twitter handle, but I'm just wondering if maybe there was a- another one that uh, was already taken or if there's one in particular that you like the most. Um, that's funny. So the, the Twitter name is now uh, Shack in a Box. But at first, when I made my first Twitter account, it, it was St. Shack Trick. I think I changed it like sophomore year uh, of college because it's hard, it's hard to explain that to people. St. Shack Trick, so Shack yeah. in a Box is a little easier. Yeah. Uh, but my favorite, man, I, I think there's a time and a place for all of them, right? So the Twitter, mm-hmm. it's Shack in a Box. I think it's the same on Instagram. But uh, when I'm playing baseball, Shacky Robinson's my favorite. Um, and I think mm-hmm. that... There's there's a different one. Shaq obviously is just the easiest full name. Right. Shaquille, so Shaq is the one that gets said the most. But outside of that, I don't know that I have a favorite. I think there's one for each setting, and that's that's the reason that there are so many of them. Yeah, I had to laugh at the Shaqy Robinson one. I think that's fantastic, <laughs> man. That is definitely my favorite. Um, okay, so before we get into uh, your career, I have one other question that is kind of a little a little less serious. Uh, which guy out of the two that you played with at linebacker had the better hair? Jeff Schottmer or Hunter Crayford? Because both guys had fantastic dues. Which one do you think was better? Oh, man. Um, I, I'm going to go. It's tough. Yeah. I think that Kraft's hair, is, he had better football hair. Uh, Jeff's hair was more like head and shoulders hair. Like Jeff belonged <laughs> in a commercial. It <laughs> really depends on what you're looking for when you say better hair. I think better for the football setting. Crawford, his was gritty. Yeah. Uh, his his looked more like a football player. Jeff looked like he just uh, walked out of a commercial or something. Well, yeah, then he trimmed it all off, and he still looked like he could be in a commercial. I remember seeing him when he was doing some stuff as a graduate assistant and working with the linebackers, and I was like, dude, this guy could literally do anything with his hair, and he'll look like he could be out in L.A. in a movie or something. It's fantastic. I disagree with that, man. I make fun of that guy every day. Really? It's horrible. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, man. But uh, so, yeah, let's get into your career. You know, your your sophomore season was one that stuck out to me because, um, you know, you you were believed to have been lost for the season due to a knee injury, but ultimately you returned to play in five games that year. You know, why did you feel that it was important to sort of fight through the injury and, and, and get back onto the field to help your guys in that 2013 season? Yeah, um, that's, that's a funny one. You went straight to that one, but it's—I uh, mean, it was exactly what you said. It was uh, felt like I had a really good. So I, I came there freshman year, was able to play as a true freshman, uh, had a good spring, was excited about going into sophomore year, um, pumped going to training camp. Thought we had a really good team and we were in a really good place at the position. And then the first day of uh, practice, non-contact injury, tore up the knee a little bit. Uh, I was in surgery on like the third day of training camp, and, and like you said, thought that I had missed it. Uh, I just rehab my butt off though. Did everything it told me to do, and uh, was able to. Uh, I, I mean, it was, and it's funny. Like I was in talking to the trainers, they're saying the they told me the same thing they were telling everyone else because that's what we thought, right? I was done for the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm rehabbing, I'm doing all that, and then one day we're we're testing, we're getting numbers, and I just recovered. Uh, I hit it hard every day, and recovered a lot faster than we thought. And so I walk in, and they just said, "Hey, like 
this is on you. It's your decision. Understand where you're at the season. And if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, we were like one and five. Um, it wasn't like I was coming back to an undefeated season or anything. Right? We're one and five. Right. I'm coming back week seven or eight, six, seven, whatever it was. And they said, if you, if you want to redshirt, that makes sense, right? Game this year. But um, I think being one and five made me want to come back even more because I, I felt like I could contribute to the team. It wasn't like I was going to walk in and get under center and play quarterback and play a position that people expect to be one that could turn a team around, really. Mm-hmm. But I felt like I, I, I wasn't contributing as much as I could from the bench, obviously. And I felt like I had more to offer could be on the field. And so I wanted to come back, whether it was one and five or five and one, I wanted to come back and, and play with my guys that I'd spend all of my time with, become my best friends, my brothers. I didn't want to, didn't want to watch them lose and not feel like I, and, and I think seeing the team not doing well and, and feeling like I could help was what made me want to come back. Yeah. I mean, those first three years you spent at the bandit position in that four, two, five defense. And then um, prior to your senior year, Gene Chizik gets brought in as the defensive coordinator to take over for Dan Dish and, and Vic Koning and those guys. Um, and you end up switching to his system. You know, what about Gene Chizik's system do you think allowed you to thrive the way you did in, in what was just a humongous senior season for you for a team that uh, was, was definitely one of the best in the country at that time? Uh, I think I just uh, I think it was just a really good fit for me. Uh, that position was the, the will linebacker, and that four three was a great spot for me. It was um, originally, and when I this kind of goes back even farther, but when I committed to UNC, that's the defense that that we were running. It was a four three defense, and mm-hmm. so I thought it was a good fit. And then uh, we transitioned to the to the four two five when I was at Bandit, and I thought that was a good fit at the time too. So it was not it wasn't like I was unhappy or anything. I was playing. I, I loved the game, loved UNC. Uh, but then when we went back to that defense, it felt more at home. It came a lot more natural than I thought it would. Um, had some incredible teachers in uh, Coach Chizik and Coach JP and DC and at linebacker. Mm-hmm. And then um, I, I had great guys to learn from. Obviously, I got to go out there with Jess every day. So it was cool to – he had been in more of that traditional uh, stand-up linebacker role for the past, you know, four years for him. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to talk to him and ask him questions when I had him, ask JP questions, ask Chiz questions when I had him, it was great. And there was uh, – they really helped me shorten the learning curve, and, and I was still absolutely 100% learning throughout that whole season. But I did do a lot of my learning through spring and through summer, and being a, and I was in a good spot when the season hit to uh, to get rolling. Well, with that 2015 team, you know, you guys lose that first game against South Carolina. But w- what was kind of the message that kind of got you guys going to help reel off 11 straight? Because it was just uh, amazing going from the team that we saw in that first game to becoming a team that, you know, at the, at the end of the season, pretty much no, nobody wanted to play. And you guys gave Clemson about a good of a, as good of a run as you guys possibly could have. I don't think it was as good as we could have, man. I still think we could have won that when we fixed a few things. Maybe that's just the, the football player in me, but uh, right. I think we did give him a good game. Um, but I think just to, to answer your question after that South Carolina game, and I still remember it like it was yesterday, but um, going into the South Carolina game, the, the idea was we don't know what we are, right? We, we practice every day, and we thought we knew what we were going into the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we were in training camp every day going against our offense, and we're doing well, right? The offense, we're, we're going back and forth. Both sides of the ball are crushing it. But we're just playing against our own team, so we, we don't really know what we are. And so the idea going to that game was this is a measuring stick. Um, we're not giving ourselves any leeway, right? We're not saying we're allowed to play bad, but this game's a measuring stick. We want to find out what we are this game, mm-hmm. and we better not be there week two. We better not be there week three. We better get better every single week. And so after that game, we lost it. We were disappointed, but we said, guys, look how poorly we played, right? And I'll 
I'll kind of speak from the defensive side of the ball here, but it was like, look at all right. the mistakes we made, and we gave up, what, 17 points? Um, mm-hmm. Think about where we can go with this season. So that was kind of the message. It was understand what we did wrong, fix it, um, move forward, use it as a measuring stick. And so it was, it was cool, and one thing that I, that I always appreciated was that we used that measuring stick from the beginning of the season to see where we were, and then got to play the number one team in the country at the end of the season and, and see where we were compared to them. So it was pretty cool to see where we started and then where we, where we finished. Well, you had a great year that year, 126 total tackles, eight and a half tackles for loss, which led the team, two interceptions, as well as three forced fumbles, just an amazing season for you, and then you actually go on, get a chance to play uh, in the NFL, and it it was kind of strange because you got to play for the Houston Texans, which is an awesome opportunity, but for you, I I assume that it was also a a little bit, uh, a little bit, uh, how do I, I, a little bit of an inner battle, because you grew up in Jacksonville, so you were Jacksonville Jaguars fan what what was that experience like for you though being able to go and and, and play in Houston even though it was uh, a team that you actually grew up rooting against <laughs> it was interesting um it was it was different for sure I mean it was different for all of like nine seconds right um, <laughs> you signed the contract and all of a sudden uh, I'm not a Jags fan anymore <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was a Texans guy from the second that I um that I signed that contract and went there so it wasn't there was no nothing conflicting about it right. I think that um, fandom for a lot of guys as you go through college and you get a little older if you're playing it disappears because right I, I may not be a Jags fan or I may be a Jags fan my freshman year but then all of a sudden uh, one of the seniors from the team goes and he's playing in, for the Titans at that time so now I, it's weird to be cheering against my friends so by the time I get, I'm a senior in college I've got buddies playing on you know 14-15 NFL teams and so it's I've become less of a fan of a team and more of a fan of a game and maybe that's just how it happened for me because I know there are plenty of guys that stayed NFL fans but as your friends are starting to get there and guys your peers and your friends are, are playing on these teams I started to just watch the game more than I was appreciating a single team and so it was it was it wasn't as hard as I would I would have thought it was gonna be Oh, yeah. No, I, I mean, I don't know, man. Me, I'm a huge Giant fan, been for a long time. I can't imagine, but uh, definitely I feel like when you're in those shoes and, and, yeah, when you see that contract hit the table, I'm betting uh, things change very, very quickly. But uh, yeah. after the stint in Houston, you come back to Chapel Hill and you get to be a part of Larry Fedora's staff as a quality control coach. You know, how awesome was that experience to be able to coach alongside of the guy that was coaching you just a few years before that? It was really cool. Uh, it was incredible. I um, I got to know, get to know Coach Fedora a little better every day. Every time I talk to that guy or any of the coaches, really, gets to know him a little better. And to be, uh, to go from, you know, being the guy that's while they're in staff meetings, I'm in Econ 101. And then while they're in, you know, defensive staff meetings, I'm sitting in English or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be the student on that side of it and then to then you know, three, four years later, two, three years, whatever it is, come back later and uh, and be in those staff meetings and understand what was going in. And, and right in 2018, we weren't making decisions on that 2015 team, but it was cool to see what was going into those decisions that I was a part of on the other that I never saw going in uh, behind closed doors. Well, I mean, how, how much of a transition is there from, because I know people talk about guys that are leaders on the field, and then when you end up being a coach, you, you have to be a different type of leader. Did you find that was was the case for you, or did you find that maybe being a leader on that team in 2015 helped you when you became a coach? I think it helped me with certain things. Um, I think that one of the younger guys on that 2015 team when I was there was Cole Holcomb, and so he, he you know, uh, Aaron Cross 
Crawford was there. Jason Strobridge was there. Those guys were all on the team. Jeremiah Clark, um, they were on the team in 2015. And then to come back in 2018 when they're now the leaders on the team, I can kind of understand what it is they're going through as, as seniors, as leaders on that team, uh, and kind of talk to them for that. But you're mm-hmm. totally right in that it's it's different. Um, I caught myself a couple times, right? There's a sudden change in the game, a big play or an interception or something, and, and I'm ready to put my helmet on and go calm the guys down and then get on the field and get ready to roll. Like, oh, I can't do it that way anymore, right? You have right, to right. calm them down a different way. You have to get them ready a different way. And so it's not being boots on the ground. It's totally different. It, it's a totally different approach in how you do things, but it does prepare you and at least understanding how the guys are thinking and, and being so fresh, having the, the emotions and the feelings of it be so fresh in your mind. Well, unfortunately, you didn't return to the staff in, in 2019. So where are you at now? What are you doing? And, and how's everything been going for you? Everything's been great, man. I um, Yeah, I didn't come back. I, I Coaching was um, just long-term. It wasn't for me. I, mm-hmm. I got in. I loved it. And I, I missed the game. But I don't think that coaching was my way to stay around it. And mm-hmm. now I'm at a, a company called Teamworks. So we're a software company. We're working with uh, – I get to work with – collegiate athletics every single day man so i'm staying close to the game um especially right now when uh, what we're offering is a lot of what teams need so i get to talk to coaches every day um mm-hmm. you know unc is one of the people that we're working with people all over the country and so it's it's fun i stay close to the game i'm doing what i love but it's not in coaching because that uh, that wasn't it for me <laughs> Well, yeah, hey, that's that's all good, man, and uh, that's fantastic that you're doing that. And, yeah, right now, uh, with everything that we're going through, we, we definitely need things like that. So that's awesome to see that you're working um, not only with Carolina but with a lot of other collegiate uh, teams as well and, and, and probably even some pro teams as well. So, hey, uh, this has been fantastic, man. Thanks for stopping by and talking to us. Uh, you're definitely one of those guys that uh, we, we all love at Carolina. I mean, how can you not love the guy that came back to do a coin toss the year after he graduated wearing a shirt that everybody in Tar Heel Nation should own by now. The 10 God shirt. I have two of them at my house. I love that shirt. So um, it was fantastic. You're such a great supporter of the program and uh, always one of those guys that's so fun with to interact on social media. And we will not forget that 2015 season anytime soon. You were such a big part of it. So thanks for stopping by with us, man. And stay safe down there. And we hope to talk to you down the line sometime. All right, buddy? You as well, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, Chapel Hill's not getting rid of me anytime soon. I told Butch Davis in 2010 uh, that when I came to campus, I was never leaving the area. Here I am, what, 10 years later, still here. So, all right. Not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, man. Awesome. I feel that. I think that's how we all are whenever you go up to Chapel Hill and just uh, soak in everything that, that it has to offer. So, uh, yeah, thanks for stopping by with us, man. Take care, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, buddy? All right. You have a good one. All right. All right, Shaquille Rashad, the former Tar Heel linebacker, stopping by with us. Uh, That was fantastic yet again, guys. And uh, as I've mentioned many times, and you guys will keep hearing it uh, just for anybody that's new with us, we've got so many other great interviews that you guys can go back and listen to. Um, There's just been a whole group of former guys that have been just so open to letting me uh, have them on and talk to them. So uh, make sure that you go back and listen to all the great interviews that we've had so far. There's plenty more coming up, too. So make sure uh, that you're sticking along with all this. And the best way to do it, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. And again, let me tell you why the rate and review is so important. It's because when you rate and review it, it moves us up on some of the the, the, the list and rankings on on 
places like the Apple Podcast app and uh, as well as the Google Podcast app, stuff like that. And that's how other people can find this podcast. It does the same thing on Spotify, all those other websites that you guys may be on. Make sure that you, you go ahead and do that for us so that not only can you guys listen, but other people in Tar Heel Nation can find this and listen along with us as we do all these great interviews, as we get prepared for the 2020 season, which we're trying to hold out hope is still going to happen. And um, you know we'll have you covered with all of that, not only here on the podcast, but on HeelToughBlog.com. That's the place where you can check out all the other great stuff that we've got going on. Now, these interviews are being recorded well ahead of time, so we're not going to go into specifics, but we've been covering everything for football recruiting all the stuff in the offseason we'll have you covered when the 2020 season rolls around uh, give you updates on when that would happen or if the season is going to happen if they for some reason do end up canceling it due to the uh, coronavirus that we've got going on um, and then of course we've do we've got the same thing going on with basketball you guys can check out all the offseason stuff that we've been doing with that we go back to the 2019-20 season and look at all of the players and how they performed. Um, we, we make sure that you guys uh, can get a breakdown of, of their seasons and, and get ready for next year. Uh, so go back, look at those. We've also got you covered for when the team returns to the floor in 2020 and 21, whenever that will be. Um, we'll have you covered from the day practice begins until the day it ends. And then, of course, uh, we would go right back into offseason mode. But we have you covered year-round on both of those sports. For baseball, a little more difficult. Really just trying to focus right now on in-season stuff. So we had you guys uh, for what was a solid start to the year for a young Tar Heel team, um, their baseball team in 2020. Uh, now we have to wait till 2021 to see them again, but you better believe that when that time does roll around, we will be here and uh, ready to cover that for you guys. We are still looking for someone that could be a full-time baseball writer to cover the team throughout the year, not just during the season. So if you're interested in that, hit me up at HTBAnthony on Twitter or at uh, or uh, on uh, or email me excuse me at anthony.pagnata at yahoo.com uh, you guys can do all that if you're interested and uh, we will uh, pretty much if you if you show us some interest if you're willing uh, to put in a little bit of time and, and and cover the baseball team you'll be a part of our team so uh, we would love to have you uh, on on the team because uh, we're, we're off to a, a really good start here uh, with the website and everything like that it's been a little over a year now uh, but it, it seems like there are some people that are starting to join along and, and hopefully uh, you guys can keep that going. We really appreciate it. So, uh, once again, want to thank Shaquille Rashad for stopping by with us. Want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels. Go Tar Heels.